Don't get stuck in the cold with Adidas prepared for the freezing season ahead with their new My Shelter Climate Heat Parka. With the kids getting ready for school, give the gift of warmth this fall. By using offer code BMSM19, receive up to $100 off at adidas.com. Get the hottest fall collection today. Get ready, gear up, give Adidas. And what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode, episode 110 of that Respect for Combat podcast. So for today's episode, myself, Trico, and Eric are breaking down and previewing UFC 285, a.k.a. the return of John Jones, recapping No Surrender and... Some stuff that probably should have happened on the card, as well as a bit of a discussion that me and Eric had last week that, since Trico's back, we can actually talk about on air, as well as the state of play, and a lot more. So we will see you guys in three, two. And what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Respect the Combat Podcast. My name is Mr. D.O.K. Donez, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mr. Eric Goldstein. What's up, bro? Not a whole lot. Uh, thankfully, my GM is an OG, and I was able to get off work early, but then I'd be able to be on here today. Uh, shout out to Shane. Um, but yeah, we got a lot to cover here. Um, got UFC 285 this weekend as well as Revolution, and also got some other stuff to talk about. And making his return after a successful movie, a successful film festival, and enjoying his birthday weekend, our personal dancing moose, Truco Fullerton. What's up, boy? What up? What up? We'll get to the dancing moose bit. No, dance dancing moose stuff in a little bit. Sorry about that, man. Cause why? Yeah, I sent y'all the clip, and I'm like, why? But how are you doing? <laughs> Everything going good though. Everything good though. Uh, before I like in my mind just go off the rails because of that clip I sent him. And I think that was a match finish. Is that let's hop in these mainstream highlights, starting with something I wish was a joke, but it's not. Jake Paul and Tommy Fury finally happened last Sunday. The, I guess thank you for Saudi Arabia, but I don't want to thank you for this. I mean, at least Jake Paul now can stop going around acting like a cocky little fuck because he got his first loss. But he still has kind of some say because boxing yeah, rules. Now it's like, okay, cool. Now you finally fought a boxer and you lost. Granted, he did score a knockdown in the eighth, which handle boxing scores knockdowns. Somebody slips and stutters. That counts as a knockdown. And that's what happened. And I'm like, come on. 
Granted, and it was also only via split decision. It wasn't a UD or a knockout. So right. we're still going to be some talking trash. We're going to get to it in a second with these WrestleMania mat- WrestleMania matchups. But everybody's hoping for a visionary to beat the hell out of the Paul brothers and put an end to it. Because Roman didn't. Roman may broke. Logan, he didn't stop Logan. We're going to have to rely on a visionary. And I guess I should have started on this just so two of these next two so I could just get the uh, most depressing things that we have to talk about today. And just transition, but I didn't want to have the first news story that I covered be a depressing one. But the... Final update for the time being over Jeff Hardy. Which kind of sucks. Yeah. Because he served his jail sentence while he's being detained, waiting on a decision by the court. So he served his time in jail for people just trying to be like, oh, Jeff didn't serve time in jail. Yeah, he was in the drunk take essentially for a month and a half, which is what he probably would have served. But he served it. Move on. Because right. he's got a quote unquote, and I say quote unquote because has that stopped him? A quote unquote suspended license for till 2033, excuse me. And he's under house arrest until 2025. So Boy. he yeah. He's got a second chance at life, but you think it was hard for the Usos to do something out of the states? Yeah. Imagine a near 60-year-old Jeff Hardy trying to do a swan time. Yeah, no. Yeah, there's no way and AEW is on, like, there are no plans for even a Jeff Hardy return, obviously, with an AEW. So I don't know what Tony is going to do with that contract other than release him or just quite, try and quietly release him, but it's Jeff Hardy. <sighs> That's the hard. That's a tough one to swallow. And then just so... I'm not, like, shifting the tempo again. Sonya Deville got arrested for having an unlicensed firearm in her hometown of, home state, excuse me, of New Jersey. So the whole situation is she had it in her car while it was getting valeted, and the valet saw the gun in the car, called the cops and she didn't have the proper permits in Jersey but she had them in Florida and I know my POV and I think Eric's POV it's that's when you get into the legal stuff that I don't want to dive entirely into of what states like gun permits and how those works but 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of just a sticky situation more so. Um, it was more so a sticky situation because she does have a permit. Just the permit is a Florida permit, not a New Jersey permit. So she technically had a non-valid firearm, a non, a non-valid, non-licensed firearm on her. Yes. Um, I personally think that it's just going to get thrown out. Um, I don't think it'll be anything serious uh, just because, you know, like she is obviously trained on how to use it. She's not going out causing killing sprees or anything like that. And I mean, the main reason why she has a firearm on her in the first place is because a couple of years back, she almost got kidnapped. So she has that firearm on her now for her own protection. Yeah. And, you know, I can't necessarily blame her for. Nobody I can. can. I can't blame her for having it on her. Like she had it on her for her own protection. And that's just it. Yeah, just it's a sucky situation. Yeah, no, it is. Like I said, I feel like it'll get thrown out. Yeah. And just because I'm kind of in the downer, like, point right now, I do want to... It's going to be a little lighter for the rest of the uh, episode. But talking about... And I don't know how we talk about people basically losing their life, their freedom at their own admission, and then somebody basically almost getting kidnapped. And now we're talking about somebody getting fired after going on a one in six, one in five, excuse me, losing streak in their last six fights. And that being Darren Till from the UFC. And a lot of things just happened and he just wanted to rebuild his own career in his life and mix martial arts. But yeah. Yeah. And then now we're going to get, try and change it, but it might fire you up when I break down my sort of deal, Eric. And I think Trico might fire you up as well. Becky Lynch and Lita and Lita being at 47 years old, are the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. I, which I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at. Because I'll say this. Damage control are just basically damage. Ever since they get a game where we came together. No, I think it was the ladder match against Bianca that killed damage control. Like I said, damage when they first got together. Damn. No, they saw one and one pay per view in between the weak link of the team. The who is? But my take on it is, they had Clash was good, and that was a great way to build them. And then the entire Super Cena way of booking Extreme Rules killed Damage Control, <laughs> and then they've never truly recovered because. Basically, what Bianca was doing throughout that entire feud switched over to Becky. And now they got beat by Lita accordingly. And they didn't even associate Eel with the Moonsault as soon as Lita popped up. Because they immediately recognized, oh, Lita's been doing it a little longer. About a decade longer. I'm like, oh, Lord. 
I don't know why that is a discussion because everybody be doing moonsaults. Everybody got their own way of doing moonsaults. Even when in that whole discussion about, oh, Kakesta cannot do a frost flash because it, it uh, image, uh, it, is insulting to any girl. I'm like, get the F out of here with that bull crap. Anyone like, can do he a can't moonsault. do a tribute to Eddie because he's Japanese in El Paso. I'm like, come on now. Yeah, anyone could do it. And the fact they did have Vicky on the show. So why is this even a discussion? So get that out of your minds. Get that out of your minds. I think it's just some takes from like the Conan, the Cubanet 100s and the Jim Cornettes of the world just because it was in El Paso. You have Vicky on the show. You have some other Latinos on the show. Granted, I don't I think there was still visa issues with the Lucha Bros around that time when they did the El Paso show. But point is, they could have had somebody else do it and not Takesha. And heck, I didn't hear Ray Wall. Bit. And if there would have been anybody that would have been mad at the spot during the women's title match back at Battle in the Valley between Mercedes and Kyrie. It would have been Matt Raywalt. Matt Raywalt was chill about it. Because she did a call a callback and a tribute to both Bailey, but then she tried to do a tribute to Eddie, but it got countered the third one. And nobody was saying anything about that, but everybody wanted to jump on Takesha. Come on now. Like, if you're going to do it, do it right. Come on. Yeah. It's just... Man, I hate gay... Like, if there's one thing I hate about combat sports, it is literally what I'm going to say right now, and it's across the board. It's freaking gatekeeping. It's annoying. But, unfortunately, what this leaves up with a month out from WrestleMania, Becky and Lita are defending the women's tag team titles against Damage Control. Or a team nobody wants because she complained about her way. Fuck you, Ronda Rousey. Let me finish. Fuck you, Ronda. Ronda and Shayna. Fuck you, Ronda. Shayna's cool. Like I said, let me finish the point. Because I know you want to go off on her. I mean, like, bro. I mean, bro, like, I mean, she's she's still green. Like, yes, she's yeah, she has combat sports experience. Yes, she was in MMA for God knows how long. But in the wrestling world, she is still super freaking green. Like she is not up there to like a Roman Reigns status or like a John Cena status or an Undertaker status. Like, ain't that. And who fought is that? Who fought is that? Oh, one person, Mr. Vincent. Kennedy don't Vincent. even dare. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going there. And I don't care what y'all say. No, let him go. No, let him go. Let him go. Let him talk. Exactly. So, uh, well, we want, uh, everybody wanted Ronda and was excited that Ronda was back. But when uh, Vince was still in control before Triple H took over, she, she got green as grass. Like, that's not Ronda's fault. That was all on Vince. And that's why the crowd uh, originally... The, when, if Triple H was still in, uh, was charged back then before even Ronda come back, 
that people would have loved her as, as a heel, and the way that uh, the way she should have been as a rebel heel. People would have loved her back then, but now, yeah, we're in this stucky situation, so there's no other choice. But as now, as far as the women's tag team situation, it's either going to be Becky and Lita versus Ronda and Shayna, or a triple threat match with damage control, even though damage control, they said, oh, they got screwed over uh, just because uh, Trish uh, came back. So, but originally, it was supposed to be a six-woman tag team match, but I don't know if they're going to still go with that plan. But if they're going to uh, let damage control get a rematch for the tag team titles, then it probably, Trish will probably face Bailey because they kind of oh. want to uh, spread out all the women's well, matches that too. Do yourselves a favor real quick. So well, I can actually I get these details out before well, you guys continue to... ranting, because I know you both want to. I'm going to let you do it, but let me get these details out, and then you can rant over the entire WrestleMania scenario, rather than you guys just going off without all the context. So we can get our listeners in on the context on everything WrestleMania-oriented, Instead of a 30-minute rant on Ronda and z- without n- any context, okay? Fuck you, Ronda. See, That's why I tried to stop you originally because I knew I this I'm trying to get them contents, too. I'm trying to get them contents. In a rant on Ronda. No, you're not. Uh, who's doing most of the ranting? Who's doing most of the ranting? Exactly. Exactly. I have not said anything crazy, but... Uh, can I at least get where I'm getting at? So I can give... Because as soon as I heard the F you, Rhonda, I'm like, oh, God. Because the match is, like you said, either the damage controls rematch, which the second damage control wins then back, which you know they are at some point, would put them as the most successful team in women's tag team history with three title reigns. Granted, they didn't do crap with the first one because they hot potatoed them, and then the second one ended just to please Ronda. And the original match they wanted for her, that she turned down, and why they had to put Charlotte on SmackDown... And randomly just shoehorned Asuka into the title picture. Because the two matches they wanted for the titles were Bianca and Charlotte, which would have been the thing for Bianca that she's been trying to do and that's beat the crap out of all four horsewomen in title match scenarios. And then Ronda versus Rhea Ripley. Ronda didn't want to get mounted by Mommy. And then... You have Brock Lesnar, whose situation is even crazier. They want, they gave him a choice. Bobby, La- the fourth with Bobby Lashley, which round three got affected by this finish. Round three with Bobby Lashley, Bray Wyatt, or almost. Brock's the reason we got that DQ finish, because he chose almost. Didn't want to deal with Bray and wanted to end the program with Bobby a month early. And then obviously, 
Seth and Logan Paul is on site for everything, which, bruh, Seth has to show up on an episode of Impulsive and just crash the Thelonon thing. Don't you guys think, like, Seth showing up on Impulsive? Because he's crashed the takeover, he's home invaded, and just literally just ate on Edge's sofa, on Edge's love seat. Showed up to a match in Cody's polka dots. I mean, he started with Logan Paul by roasting Jake the day after that uh, fight. Well, here's the thing. At some point. Well, here's the thing. Um, I think Seth in this situation is kind of the baby face right now. And they see Logan Paul as as the heel right now. So even um, showing up, uh, I think him showing up on Impulsive. um, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know if that could be considered as a heel thing or maybe just uh, doing like a, uh, a just uh, get one back. I don't know uh, that that could, that, but that is a good idea. And they want to go like even deep personal. But um, we just have to wait and see on this coming Monday on Raw to see what's the face to face is going to happen. Uh, I know that that's when we're finally going to get the, the match announcement, but um, is this a matter of how we can get this rivalry as intense as we can in the next couple of weeks? So, but but him showing up is a good idea, but it's just a matter of how we do it, how we do it. Yeah, you have a month, and it is um, because we've got. With the SmackDown that's airing tonight, you have five SmackDowns before Mania, including the go-home to WrestleMania. And then you have four Raws. Obviously, this is a Raw angle, so you have three shows plus the go-home before Mania. I think they've got enough time if they, after they do this whole face-to-face to do it and really elevate it. Because Logan's going to be like, I think Logan's going to use what happened last year at the Rumble, which I'll be the first time that somebody's acknowledged that, sh- that match in which Seth only lost because he got choked out. But, yeah. And l- let me uh, continue because trip- it's been, like, widely reported. I think first report I saw was, like, through Sports Kita on this. Triple H is wanting to cut down the WrestleMania size, match size, because the card last year was 16 matches over two days. One night had nine matches, the other had seven. Do y'all think that's crazy? Well, I want to say... Nine and, my- nine and seven over the two days, just a yes or no, Trigo, don't elaborate. Just... Yes or no? Well, we didn't. Uh, first of all, we didn't even know um, that that Stone Cold was going to get. We didn't know that was going to be an actual match uh, at the time being. But um, well, well, uh, let me ask this: Did you know it was going to be a match, or did you think it was just going to be a regular fight when it happened? When it happened, I thought it was going to be a match with the way they were doing it because they would not have booked that how they booked it if it was just going to be a standalone segment because there's no way 
And ironically, that was a shorter night. That was a shorter night. If it wasn't for Austin and KO in that 13-minute pretty much street fight, it was going to be a six-match card night one. That Austin shenanigans stuff, was it what dragged out night two to nine matches? Vince. End of discussion. Vince. Because Vince put himself in a four-minute W over Pat McAfee after you jump him. But, and this is what pisses me off now that I'm on the Wikipedia page. The pay-per-view after Big E suffered a career altering neck injury and New Day shows up in New Big E-inspired gear with singlets as a tribute to their fallen brother. And they get beaten two minutes. They get beaten 100 seconds by the Brutes. By the guy that put Big E on the shelf. Hell, the women's tag title match got 10 minutes. Bianca and Charlotte last year got 920 each. But yet you can't give a guy that's tribute, basically paying tribute to their fallen brother more than two minutes, and yet Vince has got to clog up the card just to put himself over. (sighs) And we all know what happened with the main event last year. It ended so abruptly, Roman shoulder. But to get back to my point is essential. You have a seven-match card and a nine-match card across two nights. Triple H's average match, match card size for a PLE. And I did all the math, looked up how many matches per Triple H PLE since he's taken over from SummerSlam, and I believe I included that too, was 6.28 matches. So with that in mind, and wrestlers are getting upset that Triple H is trying to shorten the WrestleMania card, do you think it's a good thing for morale or a bad thing for morale that Triple H is trying to shorten the... And I'm talking not on camera, because, oh, heck yeah, shorter WrestleMania, we'll love it. And heck, I know they won't go back to one night, but it's something if they were to. But do you think it's good for morale with a shorter WrestleMania card or a bad one, considering a lot of people are going to miss out on WrestleMania payday? Eric? No, it's good because if you're not involved in a particular storyline or a, a very important uh, matchy card that needs to be on the card, then you don't need to be on WrestleMania. It is plain and simple. You're talking for know. the fan morale. You're not talking backstage morale, Trico. No, I like to no, the fan no, I'm talking straight up uh, backstage. Like, if you're not something that's very important or something in a rivalry, you don't need to be on the card. It's not a pity party. It's not a pity party. And like, then you... Vince is not in charge no more. So it's not a pity. So don't give me no, no crap. Don't give me no crap. So don't give me no crap. And then moving on, 
No, no. Um, Eric, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I know you – I thought I heard you as well. When I was going to say, I mean, I don't mind the two nights. I kind of like it. Um, But I'm saying the shorter cards, though. That's the uh, question. Backstage, we're all on shorter WrestleMania cards. Uh, Triple H is trying to shorten one night to be around like six to seven matches. And yet, the most WrestleMania had last year was 16 with all the um, multi-man, multi-woman matches. Yeah. Um, I don't know really. Then I guess. All right. Well, Renee Paquette had a very interesting sessions with Renee this week, and it's out now. I'm still trying to finish up my listening of it, but the parts I've seen on social media as well as what I've watched, it's a doozy, and it answers. Kind of what Ariel Hawani tried to drag out of a uh, out of Tony Khan. Kenny just outright said it. So I guess I kind of spoiled who's it's with. It's Renee with Kenny Omega, and the two big topics that he touched on, or I guess three, because he did a con. He did an interview with the uh, Swerve City podcast. I want to say last week are his thoughts on the North American response to Joshi wrestling and how Kenny's portrayed Joshi wrestlers in AEW and I guess in WWE too, but mainly AEW. That was more on the Swerve City one. Then he also talked specifically and addressed his reaction to not only brawl out, but also as I coined it really like two years, two revolutions ago, Jesus Christ, the happy birthday of the exploding barbed wire duffing match. So he talks about his whole thing and reaction to it. So it is a good listen. I'm not going to spoil exactly what he said on here. Go support. Renee and Kenny, as well as AEW, if you want to know those answers and dive deeper. Yeah. And then talk about the biggest way to break kayfabe is say I do, and the brother that's hating you guys shows up at the wedding smiling, cheesing, and hugging. Solo got married. And Jay was at the wedding. With Jimmy and Solo just cheesing. Talk about a way to break kayfabe with them photos. From the ones that were posted on Twitter, Roman went in the shot, but you know he was there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, congrats to Solo and his wife, but man, that is funny. Get married and then <laughs> spoil like a lot of kayfabe that's going on in the wrestling industry. We'll talk about some game breaking kayfabe stuff. Actually, in a couple in in a couple bits, because LeBron is out for at least two weeks after suffering a foot injury, which sucks in his final season. 
John Hennigan won the MLW National Championship. Oh, you forgot it. In MLW, it's Johnny Fusion. From the post I saw, it was John Hennigan, but then again, it was also uh, his Instagram, but still. And then, uh, Trico, you, you yeah. saw her? Yeah. Um, reaction to Creed 3. Oh, my God. Non-spoiler uh, reaction, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's going to be non-spoiler, but um, I'm going to do a, go a quick one because I'll do a full one on, on the Trick News Star. Um, this was the best uh, one so far, um, out of the series, even though it wasn't that technical as the, as the first two, but it was still a masterpiece, uh, bits up to big up to Michael B. Jordan on his director debut. It was great. So our, uh, so far is in my top 10 for, uh, for, for 2023 right now. 2023 is only in like month three, so yeah. it's not valid to like the summer. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, but my list will will, will change until from now to then. But right now, Creed three is in my top ten. All right. And with that being said, Ring of Honor is back, and it started airing on Honor Club this week with a match card that makes Revolution feel lightheaded. Why on your first episode do you air like a nine to ten match card? With from what I see, about like five to six interviews. Jesus freaking Christ. Oh god. Is it enough? Especially considering AW had to kill off one of their top acts in storyline to Get him on ROH TV. Because Eddie Kingston, quote unquote, quit AW and then showed up on ROH said, I had told Mox and I agreed not to beat the hell out of you of beat the hell out of you in AEW. This ain't AEW. I'm here to beat the hell out of you. And I want that ROH world title. Which then yeah. he was just like, meh, fuck you. And then walked out the ring and then yeah. And then winked at him. I'm like, what? So you kill off Eddie Kingston, who was at one point one of your top baby faces slash one of your top heels like two years ago. And you know, because of the storyline with Ortiz, he's going to show up on, back on AEW television at some point. For oh, yes. Yeah. <sighs> it's stupid. And speaking of. Revolution. Let's talk about this uh, eight match abomination. Which one of these is an Iron Man match? Are you excited for six rematches in Iron Man and a trios match that should only go one way? I don't know how the fuck to feel about this card, honestly. Six rematches in Iron Man, and like I said, a trios match should only go one way, but will probably go the other, considering the other three are involved with the booking of the company. Yeah. And EVP, so it's annoying. And the even crazier thing about it 
you and me both want two title changes on this card, but we know we're not going to get it. We're probably not getting either, Eric. And that being uh, Ruby Soho winning the AW Women's World title, and then Danielson winning the AW World Championship. Which yeah. either is going to happen. Yeah, they're probably not going to give it to Danielson, which then I'll get mad, so I'm probably not even going to watch it. Because my take on it is this man literally said, I'm going to break your arm to the point where you're not even going to be able to hold your daughter. And then he succeeds in it. This is why like, there are characters in wrestling, and I got to agree with Tyler Suplex when he said this, the second MJF won the title. Game over for AEW. Because you have the villain who's been doing nothing but final boss storylines. And then Jericho's over here doing essentially every typical fighting game storyline. You fight me as a sub boss and then you fight my final format as the finale. Yeah. Whereas Daniel MJ. Ugh. Can AW not like have these cross cross arc storylines? Mox and Hangman, this is like what part four? Is it part three or part four for Mox and Hangman? This is part four. Not interested. To be honest, I don't care for a Texas death match as well. As Mox on camera slices himself up every freaking match. Yeah. Which that's only one of my biggest two production. That is like my biggest one. And I think a lot of people are sick of just seeing blood because you see somebody literally just blade themselves on camera or rough handing them the blade on camera, which is so annoying. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. And it makes like, and yet Jericho's the one saying, like, Jericho's the same person that fought Brock backstage for busting Orton open hard way. And yet now he's he's a part of the problem because he took a blade and sliced himself on camera when Ishii chopped him half to death. Yeah. I'm like, come on, dude. So you'd rather not see it get done legit. But you'd rather on camera just slice your, slice your chest. Come on. And then I know you're a big or, uh, Dan Housen fan, but even you got to admit, why'd they take the titles off the acclaimed if they're just going to give them back to them? Yeah, I know. This or is, in worst case scenario for, I think, everybody, put them on Planet Jarrett. I said worst case scenario they do that. If they do that, just know I'll probably be calling one of you guys from Jacksonville possibly for bail. Oh my god. So who would you prefer less? Austin and Colton Gunn retaining or Jaron Lethal? Like the one that I would prefer not to happen, prefer less because I know you don't want either. But I'm saying, I don't want 
I don't want Jared. I do not want Jared and Lethal to win the tag titles just because I don't want Jared to be holding a fucking title at damn near 60 years of age. I and, mean, this is kind of hypocritical if you're for Lita holding it. Who? And she's Lita and she's almost 50. Well, Lita's also kept herself in good shape, but she didn't do a lot of stupid drugs. Anyway, um, the other thing is, is that then with Austin and Colton Gunn, I mean, I honestly would prefer that to happen over Jared and Lethal winning tag titles. But I would honestly just prefer, you know what I want to happen? I want Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen to be the new tag team champions. Yes, best friends for life. I'm just going to say that because it's stupid random shit. You two are going to say what the fuck and then, yeah. Okay, that's kind of easy way to calm us down. <laughs> calm us down and change the tone a little bit as we hop into the finals, semifinals and the finals this weekend of the Triangle Derby. And I know the article that I sent you guys was kind of a lot of it sprinkling the TJPW stuff. So I'm going to do my best and my due diligence just to get you guys up to speed with the Triangle Derby, which will lead into a title shot at a later date for prominent against prominence. Who's and this is why I don't know why stardom ended up setting this up, but the current trios champs, they have are in the semifinals, which is hilarious because of the title shot for their belts, which is hope just goofy as all get out. And then, because I can read it, Hameka's retirement uh, run is still continuing, and that will run all the way until mid April, but the Hazuki is going after Saya's Saikamatani's near record setting Wonder of Stardom Championship reign. You've got the main event with another Julia title defense with her pass coming to Hunter from Heist Ribbon. But the match, I think everybody in North, every Stardom casual as well as Stardom mainstay is going to be watching. Is Azumi versus Starlight Kid for a multitude of reasons. One is probably the match I think a lot of people want to see. Granted, it's the KO and Sami Zayn of stardom with this match. And for the reason I say KO and Sami, because these two literally could just fight for whatever reason over that specific title in high speed and it won't matter. It'll just be insane. Cause they've been going at it since they were kids in the Japanese dojos. So it's wild, but it's worth it. And then you get the added bonus. Cause both of them, Azumi and Starlight kid, we're on the list of the IWGP Women's Champion. Granted, Azumi is the only one that said something about it. And even though she's in Seattle this weekend for another con, you know Mercedes Monet is going to be watching. And is there going to be another Leo Rush promo as promo after this title match to set up one of those two, one or both of those two, 
against Mercedes Monet, most likely a Sakura Genesis coming up in April. Yeah. And just for context of who's in the semifinals with the winner receiving a got an artist of Saturn title match. So a Tritos title match. You've got God's Eye versus Cosmic Angels. And then the winner of that face the winner of the Neo Stardom Army versus the current champions in prominence. So it's going to be an interesting Saturday. But do we get the setup at least for Secure Genesis for the women? Or do they just like rush that? Hopefully we get a setup for it. I'm kind of getting sick and tired of all these rushed matches. And then also, <coughs> because I kind of botched, and I'm going to go back a little bit slightly, but I'm going to ask both of these um, scenarios now, and I want to hear from both you guys. Does AWC... Okay. I'm going to ask both of you simultaneously so you can just answer them in one swoop. But does AW need CM Punk back? And this is something that got answered by three veterans on Busted Open Radio in the forms of Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer, and Bully Ray. Answers did not surprise me, even though it pissed off uh, some of the AW originals. No, they don't. It pissed off the AEW originals with the answer. I'll get to that at the end. But also, does Mercedes Monet need to go in the John Moxley Moxley like status and compete in either the Cinderella and or the five star Grand Prix tournaments this year? The yes. Cinderella tournament would be late March, early April to late April. And then um, I believe five stars I believe, later this year. I believe she should just because a that would bring a lot more recognition to the brand, and then b, you know, it would give her like an actual feel of the type of schedules that people over there usually go on with wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and I, then the CM Punk stuff before you go to uh, Trico. CM Punk's a little bitch. We don't need CM Punk in AEW. CM Punk's a little whiny bitch. He was in there saying he wanted to help the youngsters and then AEW all out. He was complaining about every last one of them. All right. Trico, yep. so answer the two questions. Does Mercedes need to compete in one or both those tourneys this year or does CM Punk need to be back in the AEW? Yes to both questions. Ooh. Explain the yes on both. Because uh, I think with, with Mercedes, uh, she wants to, if she wants to continue to make um, be a history maker uh, outside of WWE, I think she needs to do it. And then also, when the time comes, I think she needs to make her AEW debut at Forbidden Door. But when that when that time comes, we don't know yet. But um, as far as uh, CM Punk goes. They do need them because once they get all the situated, I want to see a rivalry 
between the Elite versus FTR and CM Punk. So you're fantasy booking. So you just want to see the feud in fantasy booking. Okay. But is it worth pissing off half the roster in doing so? Hey. At times. And yet, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer, and Bully Ray all said yes. Like, they need him. Because he brings in at least two to 300000 just himself. And he brings in another element that AEW sorely lacking that we've all said they are lacking right now, which is comprehensive storytelling. Well, let's just put it. Let's just put it this way: When twenty twenty four comes, do you think that Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and MJF will still be there? Who's got the bigger checkbook? And it all depends. Also. As Cody put it, did they really stick with the original like main mission? Because you start hiring guys that don't understand the original purpose and goal of AEW, which Soraya doesn't, freaking Miro doesn't, because he randomly just showed up. Like that original mission statement, I'm not going to get into the minds of how Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks originally and what their original goals were for AEW because I was not there five years ago. But it's definitely a different vibe and a different mindset than it is now. But it can easily be different. So I agree that they need him, but they don't need him, depending on... Because the point, point that Mark Henry had to say... And I kind of, and it's intriguing. Stop. The whole point of it was that whole feeling of being an outsider and wanting to having to work your way in. Yeah, did CM Punk screw up his own uh, status with a lot of stuff that happened? Yeah. But do we know? And do I care to know? No. And then. Let's move on before we go to break. As UFC 285 is happening this Saturday. And surprisingly, Yeti, and I believe, unless he's not made weight, is John Jones or Cyril gone for the vacant UFC light for the vacant UFC heavyweight title? And ironically, John Jones is a minus one sixty-five favorite going into it. And then you've got in the co-main for the women's flyweight title, number one versus one, number six, with a minus seven thirty favorite of Valentina Shevchenko facing a plus five thirty of Alexa Grasso. And yeah, that fight's not going to the ground. But when Valentina starts talking, I can sense, sense and see fear in this girl. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Because Valentina does not, I think she's only been taken to the fifth round one time, which is insane. But yeah. And then the, and just to go over the other fights on the main card, 
you got Kaza Stratton versus George Neal, and you've got Gamra versus Jalen Turner. So Walterweight and Lightweight, as well as another middle as it was a middle fight with Bo Nacal and Jamie Pickett. And apparently Bo Nacal tried to buck up to John Jones during some of the pre-fight coverage. Which, bro, you're on the you're pretty much barely not on the prelims of a John Jones card. And then you try and buck up and fight John Jones. Knowing he's one of the biggest, um, I would say, outside of Connor, when they had that eventual fight with him and uh, Michael Chandler, I think this is one of those cards I would just shut up and not even engage in any craziness because you know there's going to be some, but you know the payday for every fighter on that card is going to be insane. Just off the gate alone. Yeah. But who do you have? Do you think John Jones completes the three-year comeback in a new division? And almost does John Jones pull a GSP and win a title in a higher, heavier weight class after a long layoff, I should say? No, I see him taking it. Gone or Jones? Um, I see Jones taking it. Yep. Continue his title match, his title match win streak, and then he'll be at 15. And the only reason yeah. he, he would ever lose a UFC fight is because is because of an idiot ref. Shriko, does he continue or does Sirogan pull off, especially after his last title challenge? against Francis Ngano and not understanding like kicks. Mm, continue. Does Jones get it get the title or does Gang like learn from the Ngano fight? No, I think Jones might get it. Jones might get it. Okay. Jones might get it. And then Shevchenko, I'm not even gonna ask because if Alexo Grasso like falls in the suit of Juliana Pena and what Leon Edwards did over the last couple of years with this monumental upset, I'd be amazed. But until I see it, I don't believe it. And with that being said, of me seeing, so I believe we'll be. Trico, keep your coffee away from me. We'll be back at the break. Bruh. Stay on target. We're too close. Stay on target. Lock us in and stay on target with Denver's brand new sci-fi radio. Only on KFX 101.6 The Mix. And just like that, we are back and looks like somebody didn't watch No Surrender. How you guys doing? No, who cares? No, who cares? Eric? Um, I watched a little bit of it, but not like a whole lot. I watched the highlights of it. Just seeing how you doing then. I I didn't want to we're gonna go through North Nostra in a second, but yeah. Oh Which how I'm am kinda I doing? mad about. Um, I'm good, apparently need caffeine. So you need bully ray 
And we're gonna just dive into these no surrender like highlights. So you need Bully Ray to bash you over there with a coffee pot and throw a hot coffee yeah. in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, so I can get a nice little wake up. Jeez. So context. They did the whole busted open live, so busted open live therapy session. So a live therapy session on air during no surrender between Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer, who essentially their 30-year like relationship went to dust all because Bull Dreamer got made to look a fool of because Bully Ray likes to pile drive the women and tried to almost cripple Jane Alexander while Josh was zip-tied. And then framed Ace Austin and then lied about it and jumping him. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And now nobody knows the future of Busted Open because not only did Bully throw his cup of hot coffee in Dreamer's contacts to where now he's got minor burns. Jeez, if heck cannot let a bit just stand when they don't want to. That got annoying during the last infection. Now he has minor burns because Bully threw a cup of coffee into literal contacts. So you're trying to get flush out Dreamer's eyes because Dreamer had his contacts in. Yeah. And then he threw down a 50-plus-year-old non-wrestler in Busted Open Radio's Dave LaGreca with a stool. So LaGreca got pushed and shoved to the ground, and then Dreamer had a coffee mug bashed upside his head. Yeah. All because Bully wanted to know, what do you mean, people like me? It was so stupid. Yeah, But hey, good news is after like a freaking year of campaigning and actually earning his way to the title instead of Bully, we're finally getting Steve Macklin versus Josh Alexander rebelling for the world title. But man, it feels like that should have been the uh, hard to kill main event, not the rebellion main event. Freaking Bully. Because now, just like Joe, um, just like Moose, it doesn't feel like it happened at the hottest. And right. speaking of Moose and why I called Trico dancing Moose earlier, granted, you got Santino and the last time Joe Hendry and I want to say it was Joe Hendry and Moose. Yeah, it was it wasn't, excuse me, weren't a digital TV title match, digital media title match. Mark the debut of Santino and Impact. Now, you think what I was talking about earlier was cringy, Eric, when I said three offs for holding the ladder for Hobbs just to get the belt? Try somebody literally, as they're on the ground, getting a VR headset force on their head and then adjusting it. Uh, yeah, let's, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk. I mean, about we're that. in the show that we're talking about it. We're talking about the show it was on. 
It was yeah. literally that part was just dumb though. Literally, just have him looking like he's grabbing somebody's butt, and then he's just like humping the air and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Why? So, unfortunately, this was after the VR headset set got adjusted on Moose's head. So cringeworthy. Joe Hendry basically, because they were in Vegas, they had to do a spot in the spot to put somebody in a club. So they had the VR headset make a wrestler think he was in the club. And then how this whole thing started was over a diss track. And then randomly, as you're showing a VR of him in the club, they switch it to the diss track. I'm like, come on. Yes, I love Joe Hendry, but that's why I was just too hokey. I'm sorry. But at least, hey, we're getting Macklin versus Alexander, and hopefully the... Do you think it's... It should have happened in January, but I think Steve's going to be a great world champion. Does he hold it past bound for Lori? When he beats Josh. That's my prediction. Does make Macklin last six months. Only six or more than six. So you're saying Macklin's going to beat Josh? I mean, Josh is well. That's my prediction because. Who else is there in the main event scene right now that should be Josh? That is true. And Josh is actually Josh is the longest reigning title holder now, right? He, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He set that record at hard, before Hard to Kill. Okay, then yeah, it's record mean, Root's record at Hard to Kill. Yeah, then it'll probably be put on Macklin. He'll probably hold on to it until like the end of the year or so, in my opinion. So probably like an eight month reign. Considering they turned his wife babyface, granted it's against, as she put it. The by design kiss of death of women's sag wrestling and impact. Giselle Shaw, like his wife, just got beat by her on pay per view. Yeah, just to gain a new heavy. I'm like, come on. But um, and then here's the most frustrating thing. No surrender was in Chris Bay's hometown. Chris Bay and Ace Austin's. Chris Hayes hometown and Ace Austin's biggest and best city in Vegas at pretty much their house in Samstown. And yet they put the title match, the tag title match, not a no surrender, but on the impact following no surrender. And the sixth man was a no surrender match. Was Kenta that valuable that you guys had to put the tag title change on Impact, not on No Surrender? Heck, I was even watching the Fightful review, and they said the title change should happen at the pay-per-view. And the six-man, if Kenta was still around, should happen at, on Impact. Yeah, Do you agree I or disagree with that statement? I agree. It should have happened at the pay-per-view, not on Impact. Yeah. And with that being said, time to play the time to play some games, guys. 
Both of y'all are triggered over Revolution and... Triggered is an understatement. Revolution and then the possibility of just slide matches galore being like half of WrestleMania. Okay, to be fair, uh, we know Revolution, the booking of it is trash. But the, but the pay-per-view itself, I think it's going to be a banger. But just the booking itself was trash. Yeah, Which sure. makes me less inclined to want to watch six out of eight rematches just to watch an hour-long Iron Man match and a trios match that only has one way to go. And with that being said, let's hop into all this uh, discussion over gaming. Granted, it's about to continue and get Trico's reaction over what we touched on last week, Eric and myself. Because I know Trico is played or is about to be playing some of these games when it comes to the official and announced Evo Evolution 2023 game lineup. Ready for this, Trico? Let's get it. Ultimate Combat. <laughs> yeah. Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. I can't talk. Then you got Melty Blood, Type Lumina, King of Fighters 15, which I've seen a lot of dis- discourse over the game and how it's been performing. And now that there's other 3v3s coming out, and especially with this year being the return of another game that's on this list, could be very interesting. Tekken 7, Season 5. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Unfortunately, 21 Lab Corp should be legal. Legal. You got Guilty Gear Strive. The debut of Street Fighter 6. And the return slash debut within Evo's throwback game tournament will be Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I know I scared off for a second when I was thinking, do I pause to say, get y'all to think Marvel Infinite? No, they're doing the return of Marvel 3 at this, and it's going to be a throwback tournament. What do you think of that lineup, Trigo? And this is like your main stage games this year. Okay, I don't know by the Mortal Kombat situation, but... um, We'll get to that in a second, trust me. Yeah. That was that was kind of weird to, to me, but um, everything else looking uh, looking pretty good. And the situation is somebody at Warner Brothers. I don't know if they had clearance to from NRS, even though they're NRS's boss, but somebody at Warner Brothers during their last quarter earnings call spilled the beans on Mortal Kombat Twelve. And being the parent company for NetherRealm Studios, Warner Brothers does have that legit right, but whoever spilled the beans during an earnings call about the game is nuts. So looking forward to the official reveal through NRS and everything, but it's going to be interesting. And then I know we've been talking a little bit about the TCG train card game stuff when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't think we talked Pokemon on here. 
Yu-Gi-Oh! and then Magic of the Gathering. But also there's another one. And ironically, to get into it, it's cheaper than both getting a starter deck from Magic of the Gathering or a playset of Yu-Gi-Oh! structure starter slash structure decks. Because as Eric said, a Magic of the Gathering structure slash starter deck is around 40-50 bucks. Yu-Gi-Oh! to make a playable and viable deck off uh, starter structure decks, which trap tricks can actually hang in the meta, is about 30 plus sacks. There are some Digimon structure decks, structure slash starter decks you could get for like 10 bucks, and you only need two of them bad boys to build a deck. So about $20 to get into the Digimon TCG. And actually make something worthwhile, viable, and learn the game as a starter. Which is crazy. And that's been a TCG since 2020. 2020-2021. But, of course, Bandai kind of went a little lighter on, on the promo of it. Because I didn't know about it till. A few months ago, but I'm actually intrigued by it. And now that I see some of the pricing of the star- starter decks, I'm at it to pick up a couple just to build a deck. And then, speaking of picking up a couple to build a deck or something, the 2023 February State of Play highlights. You guys into VR? Yep. Yeah. Not me, but there was so much of the showcase that was strictly just play for the PlayStation VR 2 to where everybody was just out of it. And the only real games that they touched on that were kind of for us, kind of not. Street Fighter 6, they revealed the apparently last batch of characters with Zangief, Lily, and Kami. And then a Resident Evil 4 remake, which I'm actually excited for. A new Naruto, which kind of okay, but kind of whatever. And then something that will be a PS5 slash next gen, or should I say current gen at this point? Current gen, so PS5 and the Series X main in Suicide Squad. And that's like the closest one because I believe that's coming out right around the summer. I think the question is for Suicide Squad, will it get a lot of love for from from God? For, have you played Gotham Knight? Have you seen Gotham Knight or seen any gameplay? I saw some of the Gotham Knights gameplay. Was I impressed? No, but I do think it's going to be built off the Summer Engine because it's basically the same. Same yet different company. But with that being said, what do you guys have? uh, Since I got to close this to go to the bathroom, what do you guys have to plug? Um, Well, like always, if you haven't already, check out journeyhemp.com, fizzy infused beverages, uh, one of the one of the leading infused beverages on the market currently. 
if you're looking for something that's a non-alcohol alternative where your people um yes there is thc involved yes there is thc in the drink so you know if you have a type of job or anything like that that involves drug tests we highly suggest not to drink these but they give you a good nice relaxed sensation um they give you a good social buzz uh definitely something where if you have social anxiety or just trouble sleeping it's definitely something that will help uh sure go on uh, the next episode of technology news talk um we gonna be doing a, a full movie review of three three and do be doing a little predictions on this year's oscars all right me same old same old thank gotta thank you guys for listening and taking the time out two fingers we out he got a pee trigger